Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hello, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to our Cyber Church ministry today. You know, I want to ask you a question. Does it ever seem that when something bad happens, that more follows? I've heard people actually say, bad news comes in threes, or, you know, or people say, once something bad starts happening, you just better hunker down and get ready because more is going to come. Well, is this coincidence, or is there a spiritual law that we're failing to recognize. Well, I want to tell you something. Today, we're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about not only why that happens, but we're going to talk about how to stop that from happening. You don't have to have bad things happening over and over in your life. You can get past that. And listen, this message and all of my messages are always available at www.impactministries.com. Be sure and go right there on my homepage. You can watch our video every week, or you can go into our library, and we've got all kinds of free resources to bless you and to help you. All right, I've got two free messages for you this month. One is called Experiencing Tomorrow's Miracle Today. I'm telling you, it is a life changer. And also, I've got a free Christmas message to share with your family that's going to be a blessing and change your Christmas. You know, we want to answer this question. Why does it seem like bad things tend to happen several in a row, so to speak? Or why is it that once something bad happens, it just seems like more and more things tend to go wrong? Well, I want to tell you, there is a spiritual or what we would call a universal law that operates. And here's the thing about universal laws. Universal laws are put in place for our good. And if we use them the way the Bible teaches us to use them, they will always operate for our good because God designed everything in the universe to give life. Everything about how this world functions is designed to make our life better and give us a better quality of life. That is, if we cooperate with the universal laws. And some of these universal laws, they work in nature. They work in physics. Many of these universal laws work emotionally, work in the beliefs of our heart. And here's the thing about spiritual or what you would call universal laws. And that is, they operate whether we believe them or not. In other words, it doesn't take faith to operate the law of gravity. It doesn't take faith to operate the law of inertia. It doesn't take faith to operate many, many laws. And it doesn't take faith to operate laws of belief and laws of thought, the laws of sowing seeds. Now, the most common spiritual or universal law is what the Bible calls sowing and reaping. Now, you've got to understand something. Sowing and reaping contrary to what religion has told us, is not when you do something and God does something in response. I want to tell you, that is a destructive belief. And so many people believe that when something goes wrong in their life, it is God reacting or responding to something negative or something that they have done. Well, that leads you to what the Bible calls dead works or religious works, where you think, okay, if I do something good, then that'll get God to respond to me in a good way. Well, that's not what we're talking about, about universal laws. What we have from God, we have because of our faith in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. But these universal and natural laws like sowing and reaping, 
they occur whether we believe them, whether we don't believe them, and God never makes a decision about whether or not these laws are going to operate. Now, remember, God created the world to give life from itself. Now, we talked about this in our series uh, called The God of Science or The God of Creation. I can't remember which one it's called. You can go back and look through our archives and watch this, where we talked about how that initially the earth gave life of itself, which meant the most basic life forms, the very first life forms, which would be the smallest life forms that ultimately support the entire ecosystem, the earth brought those forth because God programmed life into creation. Now, God personally created man. God personally created animals. But the most basic sustenance for life came forth from the earth because the earth is designed to give life. So God doesn't have to make a decision every time you plant a seed and decide, am I going to let that seed grow or am I not going to let that seed grow? No. It happens by the law of sowing and reaping. Likewise, the mental and emotional seeds that we plant, they are going to grow, and it's not going to be God making the decision about whether or not they grow or whether or not they're going to grow. You know, another spiritual universal law is this. Every seed yields fruit after its own kind. Now, this is incredibly important when it comes to these laws as they operate in our emotions and even in our physical body. You know, when I think negative, destructive thoughts, it sets off things that begin to grow in my body, if you will. My brain begins to produce these biochemicals that cause me to have physical and emotional feelings and sensations that are the equivalent of these thoughts. In other words, it's the fruit that bears after the kinds of thoughts I think and after the kinds of beliefs that I embrace. So what's important to realize, though, is that none of these laws were given to harm us. If we trust God and apply His truth, then we make all of the universal laws work for us. But if through ignorance, unbelief, rebellion, or just a lack of self-discipline, we violate these laws, then we experience harm. Now, in, in this message, we're going to talk about the law of magnification. And, you know, in the CD series that goes along with this, we go into all of this stuff in more detail than we ever can in our television broadcast. So you'll just have to stick in here with us and get everything that you can out of this. And if you want to go deeper, then you can. You know, Jesus taught about this principle in what we call the parable of the sower and the seed. Now, I call it the heart physics parable because... My whole heart physics program is built around this parable as one of the key factors about how the heart works. Now, when Jesus was teaching in parables, and in the parable of the sword and seed, you know, they asked him why he spoke in parables. And basically, he said, because it's given to you to know these mysteries of the kingdom of God. He spoke in parables because that is the way to grasp truth from a conceptual point of view and to be able to convert information into a belief of the heart. But that doesn't happen automatically. You see, just because you understand something intellectually does not mean you have developed a belief of the heart. But in the heart physics parable, Jesus goes to great lengths here to tell us the two most important principles or truths that are embodied in this parable. And truth number one basically is this. It says in Matthew 13, 11, it says, 
that's where he says uh, it's been given to you to know. So he wants all men to know. But he goes on to explain the law of magnification in verse 12 where he says, For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Now, this is not talking about God taking something away from you. In the original language, this is talking about something being taken away from you as a, in response to what's going on with you. Now, this is the first concept that we have here of why bad things happen over and over again. When something bad happens in your life, then it tends to, to come in threes or fours or fives or sixes or whatever. But it's just this, whatever you have, Whatever you have in your heart, you are absolutely going to get more of it with one additional little issue here, and that is it's going to grow. So if you have something bad to come into your life and you begin to focus on that bad thing, then the second law goes into effect. The first law is you tend to get more of what you've got. But the second law is that you get more of what you magnify. See, the law of magnification in operation gets simply down to where you focus your attention. And really, Paul talked about this in the book of Romans in the sixth chapter, I believe, sixth through the eighth chapter, where he talked about being spiritually minded versus carnal minded. And when it gets down to it, it's not talking about your mind itself being the problem. It's talking about where you focus the attention of your mind, where you focus the attentions of your thoughts. So in Mark 4, 24, Jesus says, Take heed what you hear, for with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And whatever you hear, more will be given. So whatever you hear and you focus your attention, however you measure your attention on what you hear, that determines if you're going to get more of what you hear. Well, sometimes hearing is more than just hearing a sermon. Sometimes it's paying attention to what's going on in life. And sometimes you start focusing your attention on these horrible things that come into your life. And what you don't realize is now you're becoming carnally minded. You are actually magnifying or creating a greater experience to what's going on in the world around you. The experience may not even really be getting any worse, but you are magnifying that experience. Now listen, you've heard me talk about this before, but we're going to go into some details about this today that I think are going to help you. And remember, renewing your mind, getting new information that's based on truth is the starting place to putting on the new man. It's the starting place to putting off the old man. And the old man is not just you, you know, with sin, but it's all the problems that your beliefs and sense of identity have brought to you. So listen, don't go away. Come right back. We're going to finish this up. You know, over the years, I have seen as much incredible transition and miraculous happenings as I taught on this principle of thankfulness and this concept of magnifying God. This series is going to be something that's not just going to help you get individual miracles, but it's going to change the way you look at life. Therefore, the way you experience life and the way you experience God. And suddenly, you're going to develop the capacity to see and experience the best there is. Now, I want you to understand, I'm not saying that if something bad comes in your life, it's your fault. I am not saying that at all. But because, you know, Jesus said offenses are going to come. It's impossible, but that offenses come. But 
what's in your heart and how you respond to those offenses determines whether or not it's going to repeat itself. It determines whether or not it's going to devastate you or it's going to destroy your life, affect your health, affect your relationships, or affect your resources. So it's incredibly important that we get this law of magnification working for us. Now remember, whatever you have, you tend to get more of. So I do want you to realize this. If you tend to be pessimistic, if you tend to be doubtful, if you tend to be wary and untrusting, and I'm not saying you should be gullible. I'm not saying you shouldn't be cautious. I believe in being cautious. But I'm saying if you have more of a negative view of life and you feel like people are out to get you and this sort of thing, it will limit how you are able to see and interpret life. You know, in the parable of the sower and seed, remember, Jesus said, he said, they see, but they don't perceive. They hear, but they don't understand. And he says, they have closed their eyes lest they should have to change. So we realize Jesus is saying that people who already have their mind made up about how they're going to see the world, how they're going to see their current situation, those people, they are going to be the ones who just keep getting more of what they've got. And really, everybody's going to get more of what they've got, but they're going to keep getting more of the bad things that you don't want, the bad things that won't help you. And the problem is, is once you get into that mindset, it affects the way you interpret the Word of God. You know, remember, we've talked about in the past, you know, somebody came to Jesus and asked him a particular question about the Word of God. And he says, what does the Scripture say and how do you read it? See, the problem is not that we don't know what the Scripture says, it's how we read it, how we understand it, how we interpret it. And how we interpret the Scriptures, how we interpret God, how we interpret what's going on in the world around us tends to be out of the paradigm that we have accepted based based on our life experiences. And so that's why most people really very early in life get on a track of how life works. You know, it's like, I don't trust people because I always get disappointed. Well, let me tell you something. If that's your point of view, you will keep meeting and keep attracting to you people that are not trustworthy and people that will let you down. Or, you know, if your point of view is that, uh, you know, I'm never going to get my hopes about anything because it's probably not going to work out the way I want to anyhow. Well, guess what? Most of the, your endeavors will not work out the way you want to. And so you get this false validation that how you see the world is how it is. Now, remember, we talked about this. Everything that you ever need in your life, the probability of everything that you're ever going to need already exists. God has programmed it into how we are made. He's programmed it into how the world has made. And the moment you zero in on any one thing, the term in physics is called collapsing the probabilities. You start collapsing all of the other probabilities of things that could happen. It's like going down a highway. And all down this highway, there are exit routes. And you can take whichever route you want to take. But the moment you take one of these exits and get on another highway, you have collapsed the probability of going where the other highway was going to take you. That's just the way I can understand it and the way I can see it. But here's the deal. Our life attitudes tend to affect who we associate with, who we trust, who we don't trust, what's going on in our health, what's going on in our energy level, how our physiology works, how our mind is working. So to some level, we do affect what comes to us. But it wouldn't matter. If you got a perfect attitude, Jesus said offenses are going to come. But you do not have to 
trip up and stumble just because an offense has come. It might give you the opportunity to stumble, but it doesn't mean you have to or that you're going to. But see, the problem, like I said, is that usually once an offense comes, once something negative comes into our life, then we focus our attention on that negative situation. Now, Psalm 34, which is an incredibly simple but wonderful psalm, you know, it talks about, it says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Now, see, when we get in these situations where we're oppressed, troubles coming, pain, suffering, whatever, then we kind of get this idea of, I just need more of God in my life right now. Well, the truth is you can't get any more of God in your life. If you're born again and the Holy Spirit is indwelling you, you can't get any more of the Holy Spirit. You can't get any more of God. But you can experience more of God. You can experience more of what you have in God. And this happens as we magnify the Lord. And how do you magnify the Lord? It's not just thinking about God, even though that's part of it, but thinking about God and His promises, thinking about God and how His promises would look and could look and should look in your life. Remember, the word righteous in many cases only means as it should be. Well, based on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, I'll tell you how it should be. It should be life to its fullest, John 10, 10. It should be the abundant life. It should be a life that works. It should be relationships that work. This is how it ought to be if we're experiencing the righteousness of God. Now, again, when you hear righteousness, you think, you know, perfect morality, flawlessness, all those kinds of things. But more than anything else, it's just as it should be. Now, if I get sucked into this focusing in on this problem, focusing in on the threats, the dangers, the intimidation factors. If I zero in on this, then I am now magnifying this experience instead of magnifying God through focusing in on His promises and on His Word. And, you know, when we get into fight or flight mode, and that's what happens, when we get into fight or flight mode, all of these things start happening that are negative. You know, the only thing fight or flight mode is good for is just in an instant to be able to do what it takes to survive. And God gave us that capability. We need that capability. But our problem is, is once that instant is gone so that we move out of the way, so that we protect ourselves, once that moment is gone, then we keep zeroing in. We keep looking around to see if there's something else that's going to get us, if there's something else that's going wrong. It always amazes me. You go out here in the woods and uh, you see a, a deer and you see something spook a deer and, uh, you know, they may run from a danger, but in a matter of minutes, they stop. They just go back to grazing and they're not looking around anymore. You know, they're in touch with the environment, if you will. But see, if we're trusting the Holy Spirit, we can know when to move. We can know when to run. We can know when to change our situation. But instead, we haven't developed that capacity to pay attention to the Holy Spirit. We can't recognize His voice. And so we're not trusting God to lead us. We're trying to keep our eye on the situation. We're trying to see if there's anything hiding behind that bush, around that next corner, behind that person's smile. And so we keep ourselves focus, and the Bible calls this a carnal mind. We magnify the situation, and in that magnification, it keeps getting bigger. Our experience of the situation keeps getting bigger. Our emotions get more and more out of control, but here's the problem. Then we get more of what we've got, because what you magnify, the amount of thought and study, meditation, pondering you give to something determines 
what it brings into your life and the amount that it brings into your life. So we've got to be people who learn. Yeah, you may have your first reaction to something, but we have to be people who immediately we take the step to reconnect with and to magnify the Lord and to begin to focus on His promise, His deliverance, His Word, what it looks like in our life, get ourselves back to the place of peace. You know, I've told this story many times. Back in the 80s when we built our first building, you know, we were a small congregation. We mostly were involved in missions work and didn't have a lot of great resources. So basically, my name was the only name on any of the notes for our property. So when the savings and loans collapsed, we had a collapse back then, just like we had back in 2008. And suddenly, my long-term financing for our building was gone. So my short-term lender cut us off until we could get new long-term financing. So I had a building that was three-fourths of the way finished, and I had signed and put my home up as collateral for that building, which meant we had $405,000, $402,000, just a little over $400,000 in debt, and I was about to lose my home over it because I couldn't get long-term money because there weren't places that were loaning long-term money to churches at the time. Therefore, I couldn't get the short-term money to finish the building. So we had an empty building sitting here that wasn't completed. We're having to rent some other place every week to have services. And I only had just a short amount of time to pay off all of the contract work that had been done because when I went to get my last draw to pay the air conditioning man and the people that put in the floor tile and all this kind of stuff, I couldn't get a draw because my, my short-term lender, my construction lender, cut me off. Well, man, I'm telling you, I had people filing lawsuits against me. I'm telling you, you're talking about pressure. I mean, I had contractors show up at my house that were going to try to beat me into the dirt out here. And, you know, I had no control over it. I didn't lie to anybody. I didn't cheat anybody. I didn't misspend. I just got caught in a situation just like people did in 2008 when the economy collapsed and suddenly everybody had lost their savings, their retirement, and this sort of thing. So I'll tell you what, I would wake up in the morning shaking. I was so understressed. But the Lord spoke to me. He said, before you make a decision, before you go out and talk with anybody, before you do anything, you sit down and connect with me and experience my peace. Well, man, I'll tell you, you know, when you're facing a lawsuit every day, facing the loss of your property every day, it's hard to settle yourself down. But I did. Every single day, I would go in and focus my attention on the Lord. And I would not make a single business decision, single ministry decision until I reached the place of peace. Because remember, every seed bears after its own kind. Once you start focusing on those negatives, then the emotions that drive the decisions that you're making, that's the seeds. Uh, you're planting seeds of fear, of despair, of desperation. And guess what kind of fruit that grows? more of the same. I didn't want to make decisions out of all of those. I wanted to make decisions from the place of peace. The Bible says, let the peace of God be the referee. Let it rule in your heart, your mind. And in that, God gave me the wisdom to walk this out and how to recover the situation. Listen, I want you to come back from our mentoring moment. I want to show you some more about how to put this into practice. Man, this law of magnification, learning this, learning how to put this into practice is going to change everything about your life and your emotions. Be sure and get this CD series, The Miraculous Power of Thankfulness. I'm telling you, it's going to change your world. You know, Jesus told us to go and 
make disciples of the whole world. And disciples are people who know the truth about who God is, who see God as He really is and are able to follow the teachings of Jesus, not based on legalism or law, but on love and peace and find the wholeness of life. Every year in December, we give you a great discount on all of our materials because so many times people contact us, they want to give these materials to their friends and loved ones. You know, this is a time when you can take the book, The Gospel of Peace or Apocalypse or any of my series, even our heart physics programs, you can get at a discount. So it's a Christmas present to yourself. But this is the opportunity to give the people you love something that will transform the way they see God which means it'll transform the way they're experiencing God. And they can start this journey of being disciples who live and follow the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ and experience life at its best. You know, until you get something established in your heart, you really have to just develop strategies for staying in victory. If you don't have a strategy, then you tend to go to default mode, and default mode causes just to follow the way the world goes, the way things tend to happen. And I tell you, when you're facing a hard time, that's not what you want. See, we tend to get spiritual amnesia when something happens. When something hits us, immediately we forget about all the good things that God has done for us, and we start magnifying not only just this situation that we're in, but magnifying everything that's going wrong, and before long we're convinced that nothing ever goes right. Well, you know, Philippians 4.8 says this. It says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And then he goes on to say, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Well, the real truth is the God of peace is always there, but we may not be experiencing him. And so we've got to train ourselves that immediately we've got to stop this flow of devastating thoughts, this flow of negative emotions. You know, that's when you're like, stop in Jesus' name. And you literally have to speak to these situations. I got news for you. The more powerful you do it, the more it affects you emotionally, and the more you tend to interrupt that process. But just interrupting that process isn't enough. That's where you've got to get in your place of prayer and meditation. And that's where you have got to Begin to acknowledge who God is. Acknowledge His promises that apply to that situation. Acknowledge His goodness in your life. And allow yourself to see and experience what it would be like if all of those promises were happening in your life right now. And I will tell you something. The way you'll know that you're in the right now, the way you know that you have moved from the place of hope to the place of faith is you start feeling thankful. When you find yourself spontaneously giving thanks to God, you know you've crossed over. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.